I'm going to turn to the scriptures for what will hopefully be about the shortest sermon I've ever preached here. You'll understand that we decided to take a step away from our preaching series today uh, and to do a bit of a one-off. Many of us are afraid... Many of us are confused. Many of us are upset. Those are all reasonable emotions to feel in a time like this. It's not for me to stand here and say, you must not feel like this, either for yourself or for others. But I do want to paint a picture of what a Christian posture in the midst of this might be. Um... And I want to read to you this morning just a few verses from the book of Revelation. So let me be clear. I really hesitated to speak from Revelation because I was a little worried that folk were going to go, oh, he's going to show us where this plague is in the, this virus is in the, in the Bible. It's not, and we're not doing that, okay? That's not what we're doing. Um, but I want to read, we're going to read from Revelation chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse 12 down to verse 18. This is John's vision that he has. It says, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And when I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And among the lampstands was someone like a son of man. Now, if I had a long time to, te- to, to do this morning, I would, be t- I would get to the point of convincing you that the lampstands represent the church, okay? And the one standing in the middle is Jesus. He's standing in his church and with his church, dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet and with a golden sash around his chest. The hair on his head was white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire, his feet were like bronze, glowing in a furnace, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. In his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp double-edged sword. His face was like the sun shining in all of its brilliance. This is our God. When I saw him, writes John, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me. There's a joke there somewhere about touching and something, but we won't go there. He placed his right hand on me and said, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead. And now look, I am alive forever and ever. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. This passage sums up a huge chunk of what I think if we were to preach through the book of Revelation, we would discover that that message is. It's not about what's going to happen in the end times or some other time. It's this key message. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Time and time and time again throughout the book of Revelation, Jesus says to his church, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And I don't know about you, but it begs the question, well, why not? 
Because that seems like a reasonable response to the kinds of things that they're afraid of. I want you to remember the church in this time was under unbelievable persecution. Domitian and Nero are trying to kill off the church, literally kill off the church. It was a time when a fear was a reasonable response, not unlike today. Fear is a reasonable response. But Jesus says, do not be afraid. Why is that? And the response we get is, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. There's no one before Jesus. There's no one that outlasts Jesus. He is in control. This world is here because he put it here. And we're told he will make all things well. He is the first and the last. Or as Paul puts it, the Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I was dead. I am the living one, says Jesus. This is the core of the gospel. This is it. This is it. He is the living one. See, if he's the dead one, then we have every right to be afraid. If he is the well, I didn't really die and it was, wasn't really a death and I, so I didn't really come back to life. I was just having a wee snooze for, thir- for three days. Then, then we have every right to be afraid. But he says, not only am I the first and the last, I am the living one. And because he's alive, we need not fear. We have a why to our, his command, do not be afraid. So what do we do? And he answers this. He says, look, look. And if you have time, and many of you are going to, many of you are going to have time, if you read through the book of Revelation and look for the number of times it says, look. It's astonishing how many times that there's the command to look. And nearly always the same thing happens. Because it essentially does this. It says something like, do not be afraid. Look, see who's on the throne. And this is what Jesus is doing here. He says, I, don't be afraid because I am the first and the last. Don't be afraid because I am the living one. Instead, look. Look, he says, uh, and now look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. See, look and see that he's alive. It changes everything. It changes everything. The Christian is not to be afraid of death or dying. We know that we are held securely in his hand. 
Do not be afraid, Jesus says, for I hold the keys of death and Hades. I'm going to read you a quote to finish in a moment, but I'm going to pinch from it just now. The point is that Jesus died. He went into the prison of death and he destroyed the prison of death. And not only that, he nicked the keys on the way out. It's all him. And so when we look at what are we to be, what, what is it that we're afraid of? And so many of us are afraid of things like the loss of reputation, the loss of friendships, the loss of the, they're all deaths of different kinds, little deaths. At the moment, people in the forefront of their mind is a fear of actual death, okay? And Jesus says, no. No, look and see, I am alive. And I have the keys of death and hell. Death has been smashed. It's done, it's defeated, you need not fear it. Not because we're somehow a bunch of people who ignore the reality of death. Death is painful, often for those who are dying, but definitely for those who are left behind. And we must mourn. And you you all know me well enough now. We talk about lament. We talk about mourning. Those things really matter. And we are going to have to teach our culture how to do, do those things in the weeks and months ahead. We have to teach people what it is to mourn, what it is to say to God, to yell at God about why death has happened. But to find a place where we can resolve that and say... Even still, blessed be the name of the Lord. I don't pretend that's easy. That will be a tough journey. And yet we must go there. So we are not afraid because Jesus is the first and the last. We are not afraid because he is the living one. We are not afraid because he says, look, and what do we see? We see that he is alive. So look around. See where Jesus is alive. It says he's walking in the midst of the lampstands, in the midst of his church. We should see life here. And I do. I sit here and look out and I can see life all around this room. I could walk around and say, I see this in you and I see this in you, but I won't embarrass anyone. Look around yourselves. See the places where God is bringing life and remind yourself Jesus is alive and he holds the keys of death and hell. Do not be afraid, brothers and sisters, for Jesus is on the throne. Literally, so I'm going to read a couple of paragraphs from this uh, text because I think it's brilliant. Literally, Jesus says, stop being afraid. Why? Because Jesus Christ has walked into the gaping jaws of the greatest enemy there is. On the cross, he let all the powers that threaten to undo us have their unrestrained way with him. He let death take him captive and then he burst out of the prison and carried away the prison keys. John is being told that the disciples of Jesus need not fear the Nero's and Domitian's of history. For even if they put Jesus' disciples into the prison of death, Jesus the living one comes with the keys and sets them free. Behold, he says to John, it's a command, look, I have the keys. Jesus Christ has stolen the chief evil uses, sorry, the chief weapon evil uses to enforce its rule. Jesus has stolen the weapon of fear. 
Fear is a powerful force. Fear can keep us from doing what is right and it can make us do what we know is wrong. All fear is firmly rooted in the fear of death. They are all, and then he gives some examples. Let the imagery grab you. I have the keys of death, says Jesus. No one has them. I am alive and I have the keys. And then he writes a little further down, he says this. And so standing in our midst, Jesus is saying, stop being afraid. I was dead, but look, I'm alive forevermore and I have the keys of death. Brothers and sisters, let us not fear. Let us look and see that Jesus is on the throne. Amen. Father, we worship you. We love you. We declare that you are good and you are kind and you are merciful. And so have mercy on us, your people, Lord. Father, as we go out of this place, would we go with your protection? Would we go with this filling of your Holy Spirit to be your people in this world at this time? Would we go as people to serve those around us? Would we go as people to proclaim the good news of Jesus in both word and deed? Would we go in love? And would we go knowing that you are the first and the last. You are the living one. And that you have the keys of death and hell. So we need not fear. For our God is with us. Amen. Amen.